Hi, Jim Roddy here from the RSPA with two news items before we start today's pod. First, registration is now open for Retail Now 2021, the Retail IT Channel's number one trade show, education conference, and networking event. Join the RSPA and Retail IT Channel leaders live and in person July 25th through 27th at the Gaylord Opryland in Nashville. Retail Now will have everything you've come to expect from the RSPA, plus several new features. And a special note to our Canadian friends about their lockdowns, which is the focus of this episode today. So as we record this, the border is closed, but everyone here in the States is rooting for the situation to change for you. We'll be thrilled to see you in Nashville in July. All right, our second news item is that this podcast, The Trusted Advisor, the one that you're listening to right now, has been named one of the 100 best channel podcasts of 2021 by Forrester Research. Thanks so much to the many RSP members who shared their insights and best practices on our show. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the RSP YouTube channel and to the Trusted Advisor podcast feed so you never miss an episode. And please rate us wherever you find your favorite podcasts. If you're a frequent Trusted Advisor listener, you already know my philosophy the more stars, the better. For all the details about uh, Retail Now and about the podcast, visit GoRSPA.org. We hope to see you at Retail Now, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to another episode of the Trusted Advisor podcast and video series powered by the Retail Solutions Providers Association. Our goal on the pod is to accelerate the success of today's and tomorrow's leaders in the retail IT industry. I'm Jim Roddy, back with you again. Thank you so much for joining us. In this episode, we'll focus on moving your business forward during Canada's COVID lockdowns with two members of the RSPA Canadian community. Hussein Darcy is the CEO of Loyalty Sense, a fast-growing RSPA reseller member headquartered in Calgary. Before Hussein founded the company three years ago, he was a senior account manager with Honeywell for five years and for six years was a customer service manager for Telvent, a Schneider Electric company. Hey, Hussein, great to talk with you today. Thank you, Jim, for having me. No, yeah, glad, glad to have you on the pod. Our second guest is Shannon Moyes. Shannon is a business development manager for software developer Volante Systems, a new RSP member with headquarters in Toronto. She's presented at many retail IT channel events in Canada. Shannon and I first crossed paths at the Blue Star ISV Connect Summit outside Toronto in 2019. And Shannon was recently a guest on Blue Star's Tech Connect podcast. Shannon, welcome to the Trusted Advisor. Thank you, Jim. It's so great to chat with you again. Wonderful. And uh, just to manage your expectations, Shannon, what I'm going to do at the end of this podcast, I'm going to ask you who, you who you enjoyed working with more, Hussein and me, or Dean Reverman and John Martin on the Blue Star podcast. We're going to ask you to make a call on that one. Oh, no, I don't like being put on the spot. <laughs> well, good. That makes me even uh, looking forward to it more if uh, if you're not up for it. So uh, it'll be fun. No, we'll have, we'll have a good time here today. And uh, I'm, I'm sure uh, you enjoyed your time on, on that podcast. We won't be judging and rating here. We'll just everybody in the channel to have fun. So, all right, well, before the three of us talk lockdowns, can each of you give our audience an overview of your company so our listeners understand your perspective, where you're coming from? So like what verticals and regions do you serve? How many employees do you have? How long you've been in business and all that? So Hussein, if you can start us first, please. Thank you, Jim. So Loyalty Sense is a technology company. Uh, as you mentioned, we are based out of Calgary. Uh, we have been in business for three years now. Uh, we brand our company as a technology company, uh, and basically we do four things really well and all integrated. So we do website development, point of sale systems, online ordering, and payment processing, all integrated. And we want to be one-stop shop for our customers. 
in terms of our team, uh, we currently have our 12 people uh, in our team. Uh, if just we're just around COVID, we were about two people, and now we have grown to be about 12 people and constantly hiring and growing. So in terms of our verticals, uh, really our targeted verticals are retail shops and restaurants, brick and mortar. And especially during COVID, uh, we are very keen in helping restaurants uh, to come online. Uh, there's multiple grants going on in Canada as well, such as BC, BC grant that was recently launched. And we have had some customers who are interested in working with us to uh, bring their business online. Fabulous. Thanks for that overview and congrats on uh, your growth uh, despite all the, the headwinds. So, uh, Shannon, tell us about uh, Volante, please. Yeah, so Volante Systems, we're an enterprise point of sale provider specializing in the food and beverage and hospitality industries. We were founded in 2004, so we've been around for over 15 years. Uh, headquartered in Toronto, where it's nice and foggy here today. Um, and the core verticals that we focus on are um, food service management companies. We do a lot of work with them, um, healthcare and hospitals, senior living, quick service and table service restaurants, in addition to larger venues, stadiums and attractions. So lots of different industries, but really maintaining that food and beverage and hospitality focus. Great, wonderful. Thank you uh, very much for that. And so folks know I'm in Erie, Pennsylvania, which is actually just over the border. I'm in Northwest uh, Pennsylvania, and we miss the shoppers coming down from Ontario uh, to our shopping centers here. Looking forward uh, to doing that at some point. But I always say I'm an honorary uh, Canadian because Erie has a team in the Ontario Hockey League, and this is where Connor McDavid played his junior hockey. So um, that's, I guess, my Canadian bona fides uh, at this point. That's so, a great claim to fame. Love that. Yeah, it really, and I also <laughs> saw him one time my daughter and I went to get lunch at a Panera restaurant and four Erie otters were sitting around a table and one of them was was Connor McDavid so uh knew him way before anybody was lining up to uh to get his autograph back then so love that nice. and you knew him before I ever got to know him because I still don't <laughs> so that's awesome <laughs> and like you think he's good now in the NHL you should have seen him in junior hockey like holy moly like man among boys no no doubt about it so all right well we that's not the path we're going to go down we can end up talking about that uh, for a couple hours here uh, but our discussion today is about moving your business forward during the lockdowns in Canada and so we're going to focus on two areas company culture and sales. And I want to start with culture first, because that's really the foundation to organizational health. So I'm hoping each, each of you can dive into first, what are your organizations aiming for in terms of your culture before you talk about the tactics to keep it alive? So how does your culture different uh, differ from a, a typical organization? Hussein, if you can go first, talking about your culture. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Jim. So, you know, during COVID, uh, you know, when everything was going down, it was the first experience everybody had in their lifetimes. Uh, the motivation, I kind of started to see the motivation start to go down, even with a small team that we had. Uh, but one of the things we did, uh, you know, in terms of managing our culture is that uh, we actually diligently started weekly meetings. And what we did is we gave opportunities to people to share ideas. And you know what what we could do as a team to come out of this challenge. And just by doing that, we we encouraged people to uh, give new ideas that we could implement. And one of the ideas that came out is that, okay, you know we do POS really well, right? Uh, we do payments really well. So why can't we offer customers 
online ordering? Why can't we offer customers website development, right? So all services. So, you know, actually all, all the new things that, you know, the, the things that I mentioned about being a one-stop shop for our customers, it was actually came out of developing uh, something new in our culture, being able to have those weekly meetings and giving people opportunities uh, to talk openly about how could we improve, uh, you know, how could we add more value for our customers? Got it. Thank you. And I guess those weekly meetings, what are, end are they working towards? I know when we connected uh, before, you know, we recorded this podcast, you talked about having a positive and inclusive environment. You talked about problem solvers. Is that how you would describe uh, your loyalty sense culture? Like, is that stuff that's up on the wall or something that you communicate every day? Is that kind of the culture that you're aiming for, Hussein? Yeah, you know, part of uh, part of the part of it was problem solving, but part of it was also about you know as we progressed out of uh, this knee-jerk reaction of COVID, uh, we we also looked at our achievements, right? We made we made sure that we talk about our achievements on a weekly basis, how we have progressed. Uh, we actually measured our performance, you know, on monthly basis to see, okay, well, we we decided to take this initiative, for example. Uh, website developments, you know, so website development. So are we, are we getting new customers? You know, is our sale in line with, you know, bringing more customers by presenting uh, more value to our customers, talking about one-stop shop and how can we be more cohesive when it's when we provide solutions to them. So we 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 looked at our achievements, and you know, I'm pleased to say that uh, over the last year, like I said, uh, from a team of two to three people. Uh, we have grown to 12 people because now we have, uh, you know, proper division for marketing. Uh, we have a team that's just focused on sales, along with, uh, along with me working with them. Uh, we have an e-commerce team, and you know, all these different teams are, you know, very focused on uh, serving our customers. And you know, we took our customer service very, very seriously like, as part of our culture. Uh, we never compromise our customer service, and thank God we have been able to maintain five-star Google reviews or any platform you go to. Uh, you know, customers speak highly of our customer service. Got it. Thank you for that, Hussein. I do have some follow-up questions, but I want to find out from Shannon first in terms of how would you describe Volante's culture? What are you aiming for uh, there? What's the, the outcome of all the actions that uh, we're going to talk about in a little bit? Yeah, and it really is quite similar from the perspective of what Hussein said in terms of we really strive for solutions. At the end of the day, solutions, delivering, maintaining, and developing solutions is core to all Volantonians, if I can coin that term. Um, and we really try to be solutions-oriented. Uh, fun is definitely on our radar of being a fun employee culture, but also being very results-driven. And I think when you combine those three things, you really do build a team. We are larger than Hussein's team. We have about 110 employees right now. So um, maintaining that and ensuring that was instilled from leadership into every single hire that we make really does build that culture. And we're also really striving for um, diversity and inclusion. So we have team members from about 30 different countries uh, as part of Volante, and that's really something to be celebrated. And that doesn't really change throughout the pandemic. We still all have our backgrounds and our stories to share. And even though we can't be in the office sharing all the delicious food from all over the world, we can still share it on the town halls that we host. So I think that's, those are some really important things when you are trying to, to develop and maintain a culture is find the problems that you're trying to solve. And 
center your culture around the solutions that you want to deliver. Got it. Very good. So everybody has that common goal that they're working towards, even though everybody might have all sorts of different backgrounds and be be solutions oriented. So, okay, a few things that uh, that each of you had mentioned there. And Shane, let me follow up with you first in terms of the town halls. What should we picture those are? Were those something that you did prior uh, to the whole COVID and, and before all the lockdowns? And if so, how have they changed uh, during the whole COVID crisis? Like, I'm curious, like what intentional actions have you uh, taken, has your company taken to keep that company culture alive and well? Talk about those town halls first, if you could. Yeah, and Jim, I love the term intentional actions because that is what was required here. You had to take as a business intentional actions to really keep people engaged and keep people motivated. So um, town halls previously were in person, which was really fun because you don't always get to see. We actually have two offices in the same plaza. So you didn't always get to see everybody. So everyone would come together once a month and we all get to kind of uh, interact. So we moved those to biweekly online town halls. And it's really fun. All of the core department heads kind of um, give an update or ask questions and Coming back to culture as well, Volante has a very open door policy. So um, leadership is extremely open and receptive and it really becomes like a fun dialogue. And oftentimes if you look at our town halls, the, the chat is just going and going with everyone, cheering each other on or making jokes. And it's become a really nice kind of end of the week engagement where everybody can come together. And it's nice that it's become more frequent. And I certainly think that as a team, we've all benefited from making that more frequent because so something to look forward to at the end of every second week is coming together, celebrating the successes, um, also highlighting new employees, employee onboarding during the pandemic, which I'm sure, Hussein, you've experienced too since you grew so quickly. Um, employee onboarding is a, a hard one. How do you onboard someone when you can't give them a tour of your office? So part of that is um, implementing things like employee spotlights, employee highlights, ensuring that new people get to spend time with each team member, even virtually. Um, those are all parts of things that really drive the culture and ensure that all of your team is still working together, understands the common goal, even though we might be all in different cities. Great. Thanks for that detail. I'm a huge fan of, you call it a town hall. Um, back when I used to work at Business Solutions Magazine, Jameson Publishing, it was our company lunch is what we called it. And so everybody would get together. We'd buy lunch for everybody and get together. And like you said, just get all sorts of updates. Actually, those, and we would give out awards and things of that nature, but we'd also have frank conversations like about the financials, about what was good, what wasn't good, where we were behind, you know, where, where we were uh, and where we were heading. But we actually, those got to be so popular and well-received, we used to have candidates who were interviewing for jobs come in, but they'd walk out of there almost intoxicated, like, that was so great. I'm going to say whatever it takes in order to come into this company, right? And so we're like, we're not going to have people go to that anymore if they're in the interview process, because they almost just thought, well, this is too good to be true. And then they, you know, they kind of twist themselves in order to make sure uh, they got hired. Um, can you give any more details about the town hall? Like it went from in-person to bi-weekly. Did you change the dynamics of it from a bi-weekly standpoint, uh, you know, beyond the timing? Were there other things about it? Just so we get a clear picture. Yeah, we also, um, as part of the town hall, which we've kind of substituted what we would do in that monthly town hall into a couple avenues. So in tandem with those biweekly face-to-face -face over internet meetings, um, we also do an employee newsletter. Or So that goes out once a month, and that's also going to highlight things like employees of the month, um, different successes and projects that we've all deployed together. So the two of them kind of work together, because you also do have to be mindful that 
Um, we're a 24-7 organization. Not everyone can attend the bi-weekly town halls because they're so busy answering support calls or building new solutions. So I think that both of those help um, really engage different audiences. Because within your organization, you're not always going to have everyone who wants to be loud and booming on a town hall too, right? So being mindful of having people that are going to read it later or record it and review it on their own time. I think all of those ways really help maintain what's happening at the company um, and everyone can stay engaged on their own time as well. Fabulous. Thanks. Thanks for that detail. And Hussein Chana kind of stole my next question. Like, how do you onboard during the pandemic, right during the lockdowns when you can't get in the office and you can't just naturally bring everybody together? I guess, can you go into some detail in terms of with all the growth that you did during COVID, how did you build and maintain that unique culture, especially with the new employees? Yeah, Jim, good question. Like as a small company, uh, honestly, like around COVID time, uh, our processes were all over the place. Uh, a new employee would come in and, you know, I would just give them, okay, here's how our business looks like. And, you know, they would continue to ask me questions. Okay, where's, you know, how do I get Microsoft Office or this or that? Like there were like, there were a lot of gaps, right, in our process. So, uh, one of the things we did is that uh, we formalized that process, prepared a document step by step. So when the employee joins us, uh, you know, obviously giving like, you know, one on one, doing a one on one session with them, uh, talking about the business, but they have like a step by step. OK, the, this is, you know, how our shared drives are structured. This is where you go to install Microsoft Office. So, you know, that becomes part of the process, you know, very organized and saves us hours and hours. Uh, then an email goes out to the entire team that, okay, we have a new employee, right, uh, with their expertise highlighting, you know, where they will be contributing. And then we do a formal introduction as part of our uh, weekly meeting. Got it. Great. Thank you for uh, for those details. Gives me a chance to quote my college basketball coach. He used to say, if it starts right, it finishes right. Right. So if you get a new employee coming on board in their exactly. first day, it's like, er, uh, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do with you. But if you got a checklist for them to follow down, they're going to go, OK, this organization, uh, you know, has its act together. Um, any any other details in terms of like how you built the company during COVID? Because it seems like it'd be hard to even do interviews or to I want to say check on somebody's work, but really to do all sorts of training where it's so easy to just, hey, go sit next to so-and-so or go travel with so-and-so. What have you done from, I guess, an introduction and just an ongoing onboarding process from a tasks, from a, a culture standpoint as well, Hussein? Yeah, you know, um, and I'm, I'll give you a bit of a reference about my Honeywell days, right? Uh, when I worked for Honeywell, uh, it was a large company with uh, all the resources available in the world <laughs> and you know with a small company uh, like ours uh, you know a lot of challenges in terms of thinking okay how do i bridge that gap so that even though i'm a small company but i can operate uh, like a bigger company and thanks to the technology right we have office 365 you know lots of tools available now uh, that just uh, on your fingertips right you can just go sign up and you know all the resources that I, I had at Honeywell, uh, I, I'm, I'm glad to say that I'm able to provide uh, to our team, to our company, uh, in a very agile way, right? Without paying you know thousands and thousands of dollars for VPN and IT networks and all that. So uh, we really leverage the technology. Uh, you know we have proper plans on Microsoft Office 365. You know with Microsoft Teams and everything set up. So when the new employee starts, it's just like 
it takes literally like five minutes for us to set up a new account. Uh, obviously, you know, everything can be more secure and more be like better and everything, but uh, with the built-in security, with encryption and everything, you know, I feel very comfortable that uh, we have all these tools available at the fingertips that helps us uh, bring our new employees on board and be more successful and be able to collaborate, right? Uh, you know, that gap of uh, being in person, being in the office, sitting in the cubicles, I really miss that. I really miss those lunches. Uh, honestly, like that's that's a dream now that when things will open up, we'll, you know, uh, like we can do company lunches. But one other thing I, I want to bring to your attention is that even though work, we work remotely, uh, what we are trying to do is every couple of weeks, we have a boardroom here in our office uh, with social distancing in place. And we have very nice atrium too, outside. Uh, there's like real trees, uh, even it's inside, it's cold outside most, most of the year here, but <laughs> it's a very nice atrium area. I love this place. So we just have a get together, right? Uh, with social distance. So we're trying to bridge that gap uh, socially that COVID has created us. So we are being very creative and as a small company, we're very agile and looking for opportunities, right? Uh, there's no dull moment. Uh, you know, as soon as things start to, like, everybody's working remotely, well, let's meet, right? Let's have a quick get together. We can wear our masks and it's not like we have to do a big town hall, uh, just a small team of people uh, can just have a get together and, you know, bridge that social gap. Got it. Great. Thanks for doing that. It's, um, you know, one thing that you said, and I'd really like the point that you made, just because you're a smaller company, just because you're smaller than someone else, doesn't mean you have to be less than someone else, right? There are tools available to you. May They might not be as completely sophisticated as what Honeywell or somebody else needs, but there are tools available. You've got to take that principled step of just because we're smaller than doesn't mean that this thing is going to be a free for all, right? We're going to have a disciplined onboarding process. We're going to be run like a well-run company, no matter if we have five people or we have 500 people. So I love Love to bring that up. Uh, one other point, Hussein, I'm curious uh, to find this out from you. Um, you had mentioned, you know, before as we were planning for this uh, this interview, that you have the weekly huddles and cameras have to be on. Like, did I interpret that correctly? Like, you have to have your camera on. I guess. Why do you do that? How do you manage that? Because a lot of times folks don't want to have uh, their cameras on uh, in this environment. Can you get into some more detail with that if you don't mind? Yeah, I mean, initially we didn't uh, used to have cameras on. So uh, one of our one of the marketing managers, uh, uh, she actually uh, she has been uh, she was actually one of the first employees we hired last year. And again, with a small company, we we are in the position to give more and more opportunities to our employees to give new ideas. There's no political agenda. It's it's very open and transparent kind of an environment. So when when you have that kind of environment and people are able to contribute their ideas, uh, you know, they're empowered, you know, they're motivated. Uh, and you know that all of that kind of forms part of your culture. So it was actually her idea that she said, okay, well, we do uh, these meetings and, you know, some people are comfortable, you know, can be sitting in different parts of the world. Uh, and she said, why don't we come up with this all cameras on, right? <laughs> Uh, so we did that, and honestly, like since we have done that, it's it's definitely led to uh, again bridging that social gap. People can feel what other people are saying, you know, help understanding other people's feelings, and and build that uh, understanding and you know team kind of environment, right? That uh, sure it was better 
in-person meetings, but it's not too bad, right? I mean, we, we work with what's available to us today, right? Exactly. Got it. Thank you for that. No, and thanks, uh, you know, to both of you for that feedback in terms of specifically what you're doing. I also want to share, well, first I can share with our listeners, those who are consuming this on the audio only on the Trusted Advisor podcast, we do have a mandatory cameras on uh, policy so we can all see each other and, and record it for our YouTube channel. So uh, we do follow that policy uh, here as well. Uh, some other RSP members have done uh, a get together where they have a musical guest actually come on and like somebody who they knew and play, you know, the, uh, the guitar and sing some songs for them. Like it's just a break from the, from the day to day. I've seen gift card giveaways as well. Uh, we've also hosted some workshops for some RSP members as well, talking about either accountability or customer service or communication techniques. And then also the RSP just launched in uh, early May, accelerate an online e-learning program and so that's a way for folks to take some courses test themselves get some you know pass through uh some things and be able to get uh, make some traction in terms of of building their career i've heard some folks do that as well where they have like a mandatory training session to keep folks again out of the day-to-day -day. here i am in my same apartment at the same desk staring at the same screen every day kind of thing so all right before we take a commercial break shannon if you can answer this one first like culture can be almost an ethereal thing like how do you know that your efforts are, are working right what steps are you taking to stay close to the team and to learn what's enhancing your culture and what activities are maybe more just a noise or, or a distraction so shannon first and then hussein yeah i think there's three things um the first one is quite obvious it's retention uh, are you able to retain the talent that you have are people willing to join your company and are they staying with your organization the second one I would say is definitely engagement. Um, are people attending the activities that you're offering for them? Are they actively participating in what you're trying to do? Um, and the third would be gathering feedback. I think it's really important to just straight up ask people, um, what, would, what would it mean to you? I mean, we recently sent out a company survey of what content do you wanna see on our channels? What, what do you connect well with in terms of what do you wanna learn more about from POS technology? So really just driving that engagement with people, I think is the best indicator um, of the success of your culture. And I think retention, engagement, and of course, feedback, I think those are the three things you really need to focus on. And do you solicit the feedback or is it just like, we haven't heard anything, so everything must be okay? Or is there something you do to actually tap people on the shoulder? Yeah, definitely feedback that gets um, reviewed by leadership. And then based on that, it's gonna get implemented. So we really try to make kind of conscious decisions of priorities of what is really, what are people enjoying? Maybe what are people left enjoying? Maybe we can cut that from the town hall. So we do really take the feedback to heart because at the end of the day, you want people to stay connected. You want them to enjoy getting up in the morning and you want them to be um, committed to that culture that you have of delivering solutions. Got it. Great. Yeah. Don't assume that your activities are perfectly aligned uh, with what they're doing. I always say there's no substitute for a competent person getting closer to a situation. So before you say the team's going to love this, ask the team, would you love this? Do you love this? How are you uh, receiving this? No, no substitute for that. No real magic yeah. to doing that. You just have to take the initiative. So, all right. And Hussein, how are you, how are you making sure uh, that uh, this is working? Yeah, Jim, this is, uh, you know, honestly, like personally, I feel it's it's a really tough one for us uh, as a small company. Uh, but even like like I said, uh, we, we try different things in terms of our employee engagement. Employee engagement is huge. The retention is huge because, you know, it takes hours and hours to uh, to hire a new employee, onboard them, train them. And you know, that's that's lost productivity, right? That's lost ROI. Uh, so 
uh, you know, it, it, it's really tricky, but uh, the benefit is that with our company, as a small company, we, uh, with a small team, we are able to speak to each other uh, on daily basis, right? Uh, in a large company, like not the CEO can talk to other team members. So I'm very approachable. Uh, if somebody wants to talk to me on Microsoft Teams, they can just send me a message. Uh, once I finish my meetings and phone calls and stuff, or I'll just let them know I'll get back to you. Uh, so right away, like I, I can set up a quick meeting. If it's not urgent, can we schedule something, right? So very approachable, right? That that way, right? Uh, unlike other company. And this is how we differentiate ourselves right now uh, because uh, I am, you know, as a CEO of the company, uh, I'm accessible to them, right? So if they have any specific problems or something that I want to resolve, uh, you know, that agility, being able to handle the problems and help them, I, I believe that the team really appreciates that. Yeah, I was going to say, and you should be accessible. There's sometimes where CEOs, even if it's an eight-person organization, they don't make themselves accessible or people don't feel like they have the opportunity. Like, I have an open-door policy, but when you come into my you know, office, uh, you know, you can you can get slammed. So, yeah, very important for you. To, it sounds like you're really, you know, top to bottom through everything you do, really creating that that kind of culture and getting that message across. Absolutely. Wonderful, thank you. I do have to just share one tip. So when you start, to, if anybody does in-house town halls, like we did company lunches. So I would, uh, when so I was president of the company for 11 years, and so I would give some updates. I had one person, her name was Tracy, and she was really good. Like she'd make eye contact with you and smile and be listening. We had one employee, I won't give his name, where he would fall asleep every time I was giving the presentation. And there's nothing more deflating when you're talking to the group and you look over and you just see somebody where their head, their head <laughs> nodding off. So uh, make sure you fill, your team has as many Tracys in the room as you can see so get people who are nodding and encouraging you uh to keep talking there so just have to handle that and i'm sure some people who know me are listening and like he's not the only one you put to sleep so all right well let's pause here it's a good time for uh, everybody to recollect get a quick snooze uh, and let our listeners and viewers know an rsp membership has never been more valuable or more affordable annual memberships for virus start at just 250 dollars us for a year of dozens of high value services including access to a legal advisor a security advisor and a var and isv business advisor exclusive e-learning opportunities to the rsp academy accelerate program discounts on business services and a college scholarship program for the family of RSPA reseller members like Hussein. Uh, vendors and software developers benefit from an RSPA membership as well through introductions to VAR and ISV members and by showcasing their solutions through the exclusive RSPA Solutions Center. Accelerate your success by joining the RSPA today. Also, thank you to our sponsors who support the RSPA community and make this podcast and video series possible. Our platinum sponsors are Blue Star and Shift4 Payments. Our gold sponsors are Heartland and ScanSource. And with this being a special episode sponsored by the RSPA Canadian community, we want to thank the sponsors of that group, Blue Star, Global Payments, Payment Tree, and Star Micronics. To receive the benefits of an RSPA membership or RSPA sponsorship, email membership at gorspa.org. Finally, don't forget to save the date for Retail Now 2021, July 25th through 27th in Nashville. Retail Now is where the industry meets, and we are hoping and praying that the border will be opened uh, before then so uh, Shannon Hussein and all our other Canadian community members uh, can make the trek down to Nashville. I'd love to see you guys in person uh, as opposed to management by Zoom uh, as we're doing uh, right now. So. All right, so that was culture. We want to uh, spend the rest of our conversation talking about sales. So Shannon, if you can go first, and if you can tell us about the special actions that your company has taken during the pandemic from a sales and marketing standpoint. 
Yeah, definitely. So from a sales and marketing standpoint, we really, there was a couple things that we really doubled down our efforts on. And then there were a couple things that we were like, hey, let's get creative. Let's try this out. We don't really have trade shows. So the first thing that was a really big priority for us was um, our content strategy. So we took a lot of effort and resources into building a stronger online presence that really articulates our value through trying to become um, as much of a trusted source as we can for our partners. So there was a lot of problems for different businesses throughout the pandemic. And what better way to help them than by providing resources and access to resources through social media. So that was definitely a big priority. Um, one of the things we did that was a little bit more creative and out of the box was we actually did a direct mail campaign, which was not traditionally something that um, most people are doing nowadays. It's usually more of like an online BD campaign or an email campaign. But we figured, hey, people, uh, maybe people will want to receive some direct mail. So we tried that out. We really just tried to put our heads together and come up with ways to articulate our value without necessarily being face to face. And I think we did a great job in terms of growing that online content presence and really removing that focus from sell, 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 and just start really reminding everybody, why are we all here? What problems are we trying to solve? And how can we bring each other together um, through online resources? So I think that was really the approach that we took. And coming into 2021, it's definitely fared us very well um, from the, the way that we are now building all of our relationships and now really hitting our goals. So it's been pretty good. <laughs> Great. And so I think a lot of people are doing, you know, digital marketing and starting to do content marketing. Talk a little bit more about that direct mail campaign. Is that something that you've always been doing? Because a lot of folks have just kind of written that off. But, you know, now that everybody's getting so many emails and all we do is stare at screens, it seems like that would certainly stand out from the crowd. Can you give any more color in terms of the thought process and then the execution of the direct mail campaign? Yeah, it was really fun for us because like you said, it's not really something that people do a lot nowadays, especially point of sale. I, I've never gotten a point of sale brochure in the mail. It was so we really um, we tried to just treat it like we would at a trade show. So what kind of things do you give away at trade shows? Maybe your little swag bags, your little phone cleaners, little masks that we had custom branded, but then also just reminding people of the that we're here to help. We have technology solutions that can help healthcare, that can help food service management. Um, yeah, we launched that out to uh, lots of different people. We sent out a little mail package, just directed it to basically the front desk in hopes that um, reception, it, it would catch their eye and then people would remember our name. Um, so it was, it was really fun. It was an interesting thing to put together and we will definitely be doing them again in the future just as we transition back to hopefully going to trade shows like you said. Um, I think it was a really good approach to still trying to get yourself out there without necessarily picking up the phone or sliding in via email. It was an interesting way to get yourself in front of them, and I'm I'm happy that we did it. Good, and I know a lot of times, folks that I work with, both VARs and ISVs, you know, people think you send out a direct mail, and boy, the way that that's going to work is people start calling you up or emailing you, or I'd like to place my order. Uh, and can you talk about? Did you get that reaction for it? I have to be honest, I've never seen that before. Or is it more you're planting a seed in the prospect's minds so when you call up, they can say, oh yeah, I do remember seeing that, or it does sound familiar. Can you talk about how you use that tool and what you did after you uh, drop it in the mail? Yeah, it's kind of the same approach you take at a trade show, right? You're not really going to a trade show expecting for a contract to be signed then and there. You're more just hoping in the future they're going to remember you from your booth, from maybe a nice conversation that you had or by the technology you had in your booth or even just something you brought up as they walked by. And really, that was the approach we took with the direct mail is what can we link together that maybe they'll remember us by in the future? Even if it's just something like our little blue logo, 
it's just another way to put yourself in front of people, connect with them, and make sure people understand that you know what they're going through as a senior living community, as a hospital, as a restaurant. Um, and part of that doesn't have to be, like you said, over the phone. It can just be through sending them something. So it was it was a fun campaign to do. I think there was a lot of benefit to it, and we're going to continue it in the future for sure. Great. And a lot of marketing guidance is you have to touch somebody nine times before they're going to start moving one way or another. And I think oftentimes people think an email counts as one, but if it doesn't get delivered, right, or if they don't open it up or they don't actually review it, it counts as maybe a quarter uh, of a touch there. So, yeah, direct mail uh, is is a great way to go. Again, a little bit more expensive, time-consuming, but you can certainly get somebody's attention there. So thanks. Uh, Hussein, uh, what are some of the things that uh, that you guys did from an organizational standpoint during the pandemic in terms of sales and marketing? Yeah, so we, uh, I would say there are two things that uh, we, we put a lot of uh, effort on. Uh, one is our online presence, improving our online presence, uh, running some digital ads, improving our brand uh, so that you know, one way or the other, if customers find us, they kind of know that, okay, this company exists. Yeah, I've seen their ad or uh, I have seen their flyer at this location. Uh, so basically online presence uh, was huge for us, like improving the content. And that's that's an ongoing effort, right? Uh, you know, I call marketing as smoke and mirrors, right? It's hit and miss. Uh, you know, sometimes you, you get... Uh, right place right time and here's an opportunity right uh, that you secure uh, and we just did just just did uh, recently right like uh, secured a very large opportunity in a cannabis space uh, in canada where uh, i kind of saw our brand working where you know we were at different places and this company found us they looked at our google reviews all of a sudden set up a meeting and they said that moving forward we'll be buying all the hardware from you right you will be the sole source uh, for all our customers so huge huge win about a week and a half ago and you know some things like like that would take probably like 15 months 18 months uh, a long time uh, you know if you're constantly pursuing that uh, consciously uh, but i really saw the power of branding and you know some of this some of the effort that we put in that space the second thing i would say is that uh, strategic partnerships right so i had an idea where uh, you know, a lot of restaurant owners uh, in town, they go to restaurant equipment supply shop, right? So they would go and buy their supply. So if a new restaurant is opening up, uh, they would definitely make it there. So we form partnership with two companies locally here, LP Sales and, uh, and HESCO. Uh, they're two reputable companies in Calgary. Uh, talked to the owners and they said, uh, and I said, you know, we are in COVID and this difficult situation, you know, like, getting our message across for solution and they were very cooperative they gave us a space uh, a space in their in their location at their location uh, and we were able to set up two booths at both locations and we have been very successful in generating uh, leads when it comes to our solution sales so uh, talking about sales specifically i have a couple of sales uh, professionals uh, who actually go there and stand there like three to four times a week at those booths. And as the customer comes in, uh, they talk about the solutions and how we can help them. And it's a perfect time, right? Either the restaurant is opening up or maybe they're looking, they're, they're quite established, but they're just looking for an online ordering solution. So with that, uh, we have had very, very good success. So I would say those two things, online presence and strategic partnerships locally uh, with different companies. 
Yeah, so that all seems like super, I don't use hate the cliche, out of the box thinking, but that seems out of the box thinking, right? Like that is not like your stereotypical, here's what, you know, marketing does, here's what sales does, I guess. How did you come up with this, Hussein? Was it your idea? Was it a team idea? Did you work with a marketing agency? I guess, how did you get from zero to uh, to where you are in terms of from uh, that creative sales standpoint? Uh, you know, honestly, like, uh, you know, one day I woke up during COVID and I was like, do I sustain this company and grow this company or do I go back to work as you know, find a full-time job? <laughs> it was it was pretty difficult. And I closed my door. I sat down for two hours thinking about different ideas, how I can how I can how I can grow this business, right? And out of that situation of difficulty, you know, there's an opportunity. You know, it's it's time and time and the time again said that you know as human being when we are in a difficult situation um, either we either we fight or we fly right we we run away from those situations so i decided to fight and i decided to fight with myself internally that what are some of the ideas that i can uh, come up with right so all of a sudden you know that's when the spark happened about okay what where do restaurants go right or restaurant owners go all the time and you know, out of that situation, this idea popped up uh, and I actually made up a couple of phone calls. I also, uh, one of our sales sales guys, Mickey, he knows Hesco, the, you know, one of the managers at Hesco very well, Brian. And, you know, I use, use my network, right? And, you know, I, you know, in my olden days, like when I was in school, I never believed in the power of networks because it, it, it was like, you know, you're a student, you know, you don't get a lot of attention. When you come in real world, uh, your network is your net worth, and you know that entire you know idea about networking and trying to leverage the context, working with our team, uh, you know having that confidence and asking for help genuinely, right? Like you know I need some help here, and you know both LP Sales and Hasco they have been very open that oh well, it's not that uh, we are doing favor to you are doing favor to us because a lot of our customers ask us, you know, do you know a POS company or do you do POS? So in their entire solution, you know, people may purchase different things or maybe they're designing their kitchen. And as part of the design of the kitchen, they'll say, well, this is how your POS kitchen printer will fit in, right? So that sparks a conversation. It's like, okay, they become one-stop shop. We become one-stop shop for technology. So it's a win-win situation. Fabulous. I, I love that answer. And I love how you, you know, you were unsettled by what you're going through from a COVID standpoint, kind of saw I have two choices, but you decided to fight and not just give a fight like, eh, give a weak punch, right? You're like, if I'm going to fight, I'm going to be in this fight. And uh, I, I really, really love that. Thanks for, for opening up to us and, and sharing that story. So that's, that's fantastic. Um, one other question for uh, you about, for both of you about sales. And then I have one uh, general question I'm hoping. So uh, Shannon, so both of you are responsible for generating sales in your organization. And Shannon, if you can go first and talk about like, how have you approached sales during the pandemic? Like what have you personally done differently and how have you kept your own individual spirits lifted, you know, during a very difficult sales environment? What have you do to, to keep things moving? Yeah, so sales has ups and downs. If I've learned anything in my several years of sales, that is it. So 
for me, the pandemic wasn't that different. It, it, it's considered a period where you're going to have ups and downs, and that's just part of sales and the sales cycle in general. So really the core things that I approach all of our relationships in the business with are did not change. I still want to bring value. I still want to be myself and I want to be a good partner and bringing that to the table through the pandemic. And now um, it didn't change. It just maybe my delivery changed because I'm not uh, knocking on your door in your office. I am on the camera through webcam, but um, really just keeping those guiding principles really helps keep me as a salesperson strong is remembering the value that I bring, remembering that I am trying to help and how can I help, uh, being myself and just trying to provide solutions really carried us through the pandemic and it has led to a very good start to 2021 for us. And I think that's important. I don't think you need to stray from who you are and, and the things that you do right just because the world environment has changed. Maybe you need to be a, bit, a little bit more sensitive, but keep those things that keep you successful, you don't need to change those. Just be yourself and continue to to roll with the punches. Yeah, I love that. And if you don't mind me asking, how did you get like knocking on somebody's door and walking in, right? Like that's there's no secret to doing that. How did you get the Zoom meetings? How did you get these these webcam meetings? Was there anything that you did in particular, or is it more just perseverance and and following following up with people? Uh, well, I like what Hussein said about your network being your net worth. We really revisited all of the people that we've ever met face to face. Um, everyone we've met at all the different festivals we go to, like Leading Age, RSPA, Blue Star, revisiting all of those, everybody's going through struggles. Let's just reconnect with the people that we know and see uh, what might bite or what might turn into somebody that we can help. Uh, that's really where we focused it, and that's how we were able to thrive and continue to support people through the pandemic and now. Got it. Yeah, they're not calling you. You gotta, you gotta go get them. You gotta press those buttons. That network just can't sit there by itself. You've gotta, gotta tap into it. Uh, Hussein, how about you? Because uh, you're responsible for everything in the organization, but sales is a big part of it. What did you do personally to to drive sales uh, during the lockdowns? What have you continued to do during these lockdowns? Yeah. So one of the messages, uh, Jim, that I had for the team is that, and I always have, right, since I started the company, that uh, we will do the right thing for our customer every single day right it's about doing the right thing uh overweighting the sales uh for a solution that we may not be able to deliver uh so it's about being transparent honest with our customer right uh so you know in terms of increasing sales like we, we talked about those strategic partnerships with our uh with some some local vendors here including lp sales yes hesco and putting our flyers out there at different shops. So people are visiting, other merchants are visiting those shops and they'll pick up the flyer, they'll call us. Uh, we, we, tried, we tried some telemarketing, um, you know, we ran some ads, we tried many different channels to get to our customers, uh, potential customers. And, you know, part of it is also like improving our brand, right? Uh, you know, maybe they don't buy us from today, but in about maybe seven months from now when they're ready, they know okay they, who they who they need, who they need to talk to right uh, locally in Calgary right so local presence you know connecting with the community here locally you know that okay we are available uh, getting our message out uh, in different platforms so that you know maybe somebody is looking for a drawer right and they come to buy us buy a drawer from us and they say uh, well do you guys do other things as well yes we do right okay we can help you build a website we can do payment processing. Oh, I'm paying too much for payment processing, right? So we can help you there. So like just kind of, uh, again, there's no perfect recipe. It's not like one plus one equal to two. And sales and marketing, you know, like I said, it's smoke and mirrors, right? And sometimes it bothers me a lot. Some days I'm like, 
oh, I just don't want to do this, right? Can somebody just take <laughs> care of this? <laughs> because because it's like, you know, it's not like you do something and you get result, exact result. It's like you you put so much effort out there and you hope that, you know, somebody is going to get attention. Uh, somebody is going to pay attention to your brand. Uh, so we, we did try different channels. We We did... You know, most of it, like we, we leveraged our strategic partnerships, you know, trying to bring more people on board, talk about it. Uh, sometimes we did referral bonuses to other people uh, who would bring leads to us. So that was also uh, instrumental uh, in, in bringing in new sales uh, to our company. Interesting. And I, I'm, uh, Carl Polichuk is a uh, managed services provider guru, you know, gives a bunch of advice, has written a lot of books. And he has a saying that always burns in my brain and who's saying what you've been talking about really, you know, punctuates what Carl says. He says, nothing happens by itself, right? Like things aren't just going to suddenly show up to you. You've got to push. You don't know if what you push is going to happen, but certainly nothing happens by itself. So you certainly have to have to try something. So, all right, we are right up against our time. So last question, uh, we like to ask our guests from time to time, hoping you guys could answer in 30 seconds or less. Can you recommend for our audience a book to read, an online resource to follow, or a podcast to listen to that'll help them improve their organization? Hussein first. Okay. Yeah, so Jim, uh, uh, during this pandemic, uh, you know, I was talking to people all across the country, right? Our, our partners, our supplier of services, our products. Uh, one referral somebody gave me, and I would say that uh, obviously our you know our trusted advisor uh, podcast. You know, in addition to that, I would say uh, look into CC Sales Pro. Uh, it's run by James Shepard. Uh, he does really really good podcasts when it comes to payment processing. Uh, there is, and it's a U.S. based, uh, so you know a lot of concepts does apply to Canada, but there's some that doesn't. Uh, but in terms of sales coaching and you know how to uh, you know how to make cold calls with clients how to secure appointments when it comes to payment processing it's a very competitive industry um, i do believe that he does a fantastic job uh, and his podcast and you know if you go to his website there's some free ebooks that you can download uh, i i have tremendously benefited because being in the industry for three years is very different than being in the industry for 15 years uh, and you have so many gaps that you realize like you know, like some weeks I feel, oh, my God, I've caught up to speed on this technology and that technology. And when you listen to those podcasts, you know, be it the uh, Trusted Advisor one or the CC Sales Pro, uh, you get different insights from different people and you get new ideas. Uh, and, you know, these are some of the ideas if the companies in the space, uh, which is fairly competitive, they start to implement uh, I, I, I believe that not only they can, they can survive, but they can thrive, uh, even in, in, in the toughest times. It's, it's basically you got to keep developing, growing, because if you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah. Well said. Great advice. And I've written down CC Sales Pro, CC standing for uh, credit card. Uh, people aren't thinking it's S-E-E-S-E-E. -E -E. Uh, Shannon, uh, what uh, resource or resources do you recommend? I have a few. Um, first is the Blue Star Tech Connect podcast. Definitely loved being a part of that. Lots of good stuff on there. Um, the second one is more of a personal one. It's a book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Love that book. If you haven't checked it out, it's super famous for a reason. And I also heard The Walk-On Method by Jim Roddy is a good read. So I definitely recommend that one if you haven't checked it out yet. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> Clearly, Shannon knows how to research and how to sell. Uh, <laughs> uh, based on that answer. So, all right. Well, very nice. Yeah, Seven Habits of Successful People. Those watching on YouTube, I have a bookshelf behind me, and that's uh, definitely one that's on the shelf. I have to tell you, I didn't read it early on in my career. And just like you said, it's famous. And I'm like, I, people are like, I'm sure you read that. I'm like, I actually haven't. But it's fabulous for anybody <laughs> of any age, too. I guess that's hopefully what you took away from it. Like, it doesn't matter how many years you've been in the industry or if it's, you know, giving it to a student, but there's a lot to glean from that. Agreed. It's always relevant. Wonderful. Super. Thank you. Well, a couple of uh, recommendations for resources that, that I would have is to join the Canadian community, to be part of the RSPA Canadian community. Also attend the Canadian community event that we're still hopeful that we're going to have uh, at retail now, uh, July 25th through 27th in Nashville. And then we're hoping at some point, again, once it's post lockdown, that we can have an in-country event uh, like we always do. We tend to have two of those every year uh, in Canada for our Canadian members. And we tend to have one in the Toronto area, and then we tend to have one uh, out west as well to uh, to serve both folks uh, from our Canadian community who are on this this podcast today. And so stay tuned for that. And again, if you're not an RSP member, make sure that you join so you can be in the loop uh, for all this information. So, all right, well, that does it for this episode of the Trusted Advisor. We really hope that you enjoyed our discussion. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the RSP YouTube channel and the Trusted Advisor podcast so you never miss an episode. We'd also pre appreciate if you'd rate us wherever you find your favorite podcast. My personal philosophy is the more stars, the better. And if you'd like to learn more best practices for VARs and ISVs in the retail technology industry, check out the RSPA blog. You can find it at gorspa.org and then clicking on RSPA blog. Before we go, big thanks again to Shannon and Hussein for sharing their wisdom with us today. Great information, great passion uh, for both of you. Really appreciate that. Thanks also to RSPA marketing manager Chris Sarma for his production work, Joseph McDade for our music, and last but not least, thanks so much to you for listening. Our goal at the RSPA is to accelerate the success of our members in the point of sale ecosystem by providing knowledge and connections. For more information, visit our website at gorspa.org. Thanks for listening and goodbye, everybody.